Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Game of Love podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Smith, and I'm so freaking excited because I have an amazing guest with me today. She's transformation expert, host of the Amy Edwards podcast, and radio personality for Austin 360 Radio. The gorgeous, the vivacious, the amazing Amy Edwards is here. Amy, thank you for being here. What an intro. Thank you so much for having me because I can say all the same things about you. And I am just thrilled that you asked me and wanted me to share some of what I've been through. So thank you so much. I love you so much. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I love you and I appreciate you being on here. And it's it's multi-purpose because I'm so excited to have you on and hear about your story, your journey, and the lessons because I know there's some juicy stories and some amazing sparkling gems that you can share with my audience. And I just love you. And so I'm so happy you're here that we could spend time together. Me too. I'm so excited. And and I hope there are, because it's really been a journey for me as far as like love life, marriage, dating, I've done all of it. And so I have a lot of experience, good and bad, that's for sure. You know, you learn both ways. And so I'm happy to share. And I, I try to be as absolutely candid and honest as possible. So I'm an open book for you. I love it, as am I for you. And I want to I wanna start off by saying how thankful I am that you had me on the Amy Edwards show not too long ago. And again, it was beautiful to spend time with you personally. It was an honor to be on your platform. And you gave me a gift. You I did? Gave me a gift, yes. What? So, <laughs> what? I, I'm usually very tight-lipped about my dating life. Like I will tell stories on my radio show, like anecdotal stories, fun stories. And they're usually stories of past things. And, you know, being in the entertainment world, you know, there's, you know, we tend to pick and choose, you know, what we put out there. And I'm very discerning about what I put out about my, my own personal journey, because, you know, given that I'm a dating coach, I'm under this scrutiny and, I'm expected to be perfect and I am human Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I go through the same stuff that everybody else goes through, maybe, you know, to a different extent. And when I came on your show, it was so cute because you're, you know, we're just talking about my book and we're just flowing and there's so much magic. And you're like, tell me about your love life. And I was like, (laughs) oh dear God. Well, people do want to know, you know, and that's part of what's so beautiful. It's so vulnerable. I actually have a friend who is an expert in a certain, you know, love-related field. I don't want to say who it is or give anything away about her that is too personal because it's hers to share, but she recently was saying to me, oh my God, I have this going on in my life and I'm teaching people how to do this. Like, and yet here I am and I'm not even able to do this with my partner. And she, she was upset about it, but that's part of what's so beautiful about it is that you just keep, A, you keep learning and B, there's that vulnerability of sharing and that makes you relatable. You know, that makes 
people understand and so many people can want to put on, I'm not saying you're putting on a front or anything like that, but you are discerning about what you share. And sometimes we just get that way. And I don't know, for you, it probably comes from being a public figure, but there might also be an element of like, I'm expected to be perfect. And maybe there's going to be a judgment around that. And you, you aren't actually, I think that that's the beauty is that when you are relatable, when you are sharing, people go, oh, thank God. Not only is she human, but she's going through the same things as me. So she really does get it. And now I want to listen to her even more because what she, what is she going to say about this? You know, I already trust her and now I trust her even more. And I think that that's really cool. And it can just be a big lesson about sharing. Even in your dating life, I have a friend who's married and I know she's going through some things but she's she she's very discerning about what she tells me. And I don't know if it comes from a place of trust or what, but or worry about judgment, but but I wish she would, because I'm gonna be there for her and I'm not gonna judge, you know. And and I think the lesson for me in that is to trust others more and just be more open about it. So anyway. Well, thank you for saying that. And thank you for the opportunity to to share what was going on in my personal life and being the safe place. And uh, I I love that I started sweating immediately after <laughs> that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I'm like beat red right now. And, I, you know, I'm just appreciative because what that moment did for me is it allowed me to open up. And what I did um, a few days later, I went on my radio show on Mile High Sports Radio and I basically was like, fuck it. Like, I like, let's just lay it out here. And I said your name about 80 times. I'm like, Amy Edwards, so amazing. The, you know, I went on her show and da, 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 da. And I finally just told my audience, like pretty much what I, I told, what I told you just a few moments ago. And what that did for me is exactly what you said. It made me more relatable. And I heard from so many people that listen to this show, my radio show, people that just were just thanking me for being so real and raw. So I wanted to thank you for, you know, being the catalyst for that, that shift. So I'm so glad that makes me feel so good. Um, when we do it, we give others permission to do it, you know, and that's such a beautiful thing. And I, I, when you said so many people reached out, I was like, I bet they were saying thank you. And they were. And so, you know, I hope people can really use that in their own life to just be more open because I don't know, we tend to worry and get up in our heads. And there's something I read the other day where it was just like, no one cares really. They're really worried about themselves. (laughs) So, you know, we, we worry a lot more than we, than they're even caring. There's like an imbalance there. Right. I, I Mm -hmm. get that. And I think that is, that's so funny. And (laughs) you know how we do get in our heads and when we start talking about it, it it lessens that emotional charge. And it's like, Ooh, that yeah, that we can, you know, we can be out with it and talk about it. So, okay. I want to dive into your story. I, like I said, I feel like there's so much juiciness. Where would you like to start in your story? Cause I, I feel like it's, it's a long, beautiful one. And I want to <laughs> like turn the mic over to you and, and take us on a little 
journey. Take us on the <laughs> Edwards love journey. <laughs> okay, sure. I would love to. Thanks. And and like you said, it, it becomes less emotionally charged the more we talk about it, the more open that we are. And so I do try to be as open as possible about my past, my marriages, and how I got to where I am right now, which is a pretty good spot. And I'm not saying I don't have bumps in the road, but I'm quicker to work through them now because I've been open about it and because I have made a concerted effort to take advice I hear. (laughs) So many times we hear it or we give it, you and I probably, and then we don't take the advice. You know, We don't actually enact it. And that's part of it, like every day, actually meditating, actually looking in the mirror and saying, I love myself, actually doing that self-care work uh, that fosters love, you know, fosters a happier dating you or loving you. And that has been a real road for me because I, I got married young in my 20s about we started dating 22 23 for me and then got married around 26 and then I had one child with him and divorced around age 32 and she was about 2 and then immediately went into my next relationship which I was married to him for about I think we were together for 10 and married for 8 and have another daughter in that relationship. And then coming out of that, I was like, okay, I'm divorced twice now, (laughs) you know, and I'm 46 years old. And so what have I learned? And I, I guess I'm going to have to date again, which I realized I hadn't dated since, you know, my early twenties. And so that's, you know, 20 something years that I was out of the dating Oh my God, online, everything else. I mean, it was really a brand new challenge and, and I had to learn it from scratch. And one of my friends said, oh, I want you to, you know, date like 10 people before, you know, you really pick someone and settle down. And she's been doing it. She's like in her young, in her early thirties. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds like agony. I have to date 10, at least 10 people. What? So I started a list, you know, and I was like, I, I guess I'll count to 10 here. And, um, and I was not good at it. And by not good at it, I just mean I got early attached. I just, I made like the classic mistakes, you know, and that early attachment is a really tricky one, especially for women, because we tend to do that, you know, and like, this feels good. Okay, good. I'm going to ignore every red flag and I'm just going to devote myself to it. Right. Dive on it. <laughs> yes. And it takes doing it to actually move forward. And and so that's part of the thing because you can't like let yourself live in that fear. Like, oh my gosh. And I was still going through the divorce. So it was, a, it was actually a really dark year. Anyway, I dated uh, around a bit. I got online to date on Bumble, Hinge, all those things, which is an intense learning experience. And I am very grateful for it and grateful for the people I met. But at the same time, I was still falling apart all the time over dating. And I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And 
really it stemmed from my own security and my own self-love. And that has been a challenge for me to dive into because I was like, there's a lot that I need to work on. And I kept getting messages about it from, you know, people like you or what you, what you see online. I mean, I feel like it's really taken off in the last few years, or maybe that's just what I have chosen for my feed. You know, Uh, that's what the algorithm is feeding me. (laughs) And it's really about that self-love, which you wrote the book on. And there's so many paradoxes in, in life as I've learned. And the more you love yourself and are this beautiful, easy, relaxed soul, the more you're able to discern, to use your word, which is a great word. And that one took me a lot to learn. The more you're able to discern, okay, this is right for me. This is not right for me. This feels good. This doesn't feel good. And to have that security that I'm going to be all right, even if it's not with this person, which is a tough thing to get to. And I have a friend who's just experiencing a breakup the other day. And from the outside, I'm like, of course, you're badass. Of course, you're going to be fine. But to her, she's like, oh my gosh, she can only see it the way she sees it. And, you know, that too is another learning experience. So I went, I stopped dating for a while and just during the pandemic really just loved myself. And I took a period of celibacy, not exactly intentional. Actually, no, it wasn't celibacy. It was no sex with other people. <laughs> and so I don't think that's celibacy, right? I, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know either. In, in my book, that's celibacy. I'm like, cause I'm always having sex with myself. So I'm right, like, <laughs> right, right. So, um, I was, you know, in a relationship with myself and I just worked really hard on that. And I didn't even allow myself to fantasize about anything I didn't, I know it's wild, isn't it? I really got in touch with myself. And so that, you know, self-love or whatever we want to call it, masturbation, that um, was a really interesting learning experience because so so many times we're putting that pleasure into another space. We're putting that pleasure into like porn or what can I look up or who can I think about, you know, or what brings me pleasure in that way. But can you just focus on how your body feels and yourself? I know. Wow, that's real talk for me sounds like a tall order because so often, you know, when I'm self-pleasuring, masturbation, that word to masturbate freaking cracks me up. I I feel like we need to change it. Like it's not sexy (laughs) at all. I feel like I'm in third grade when I say it. I just, it just cracks me up. But it's funny because, you know, to your point, it's like, you know, it's porn. It's thinking about someone. It's going through that Rolodex of like, okay, what will... What will pleasure me in this moment? What will get me off now? Mm-hmm. What will get me off now? And it's to focus on you. Oh my gosh. Tell it. It was a it was a really interesting journey. And you know, I didn't know much about sex magic at that point either. Uh I had just heard of it and I found myself naturally doing that. And I started to think about things I wanted to manifest in my life or just what made me feel good or gratitude. And I could clear my head of other things and just feel the sensations in my body, which really gets you in touch with yourself. And it fosters a way of self-love. And I really, I've forced myself to go, what if, what if you never meet somebody? that really like you feel head over heels about. And I don't even like saying head over heels, actually. I don't like to say madly in love or anything like that. I don't like applying crazy to it. <laughs> I just think, I just I thought, you know, last night. <laughs> yeah. And so I just thought, what if you don't find that someone that really speaks to your heart? And so I was like, what you going to do then? Hmm? You're going to sit around bitching about it and 
pining and being lonely or are you going to be happy with yourself? And so I was like, oh God, okay, I guess I'll be happy with myself. And so, so during the pandemic, I made a concerted effort, but people could do it anytime. It was an easy time to do it right then. So I just forced myself to go, okay, I'm going to really go in a relationship with myself. And as a result, I got way more secure and I, I ended up the more work I did, which it took me probably six months or so, the more I did, the more secure I felt. And the more that once I started dating again, the people that I was dating, who I had been seeing, one guy I had been seeing off and on for mm, well over a year. And he was not right for me. And there were things when we were together that I knew I didn't like that didn't make me happy, but I didn't pay attention to them. And then all of a sudden I had a shift and I thought, this isn't fun. And I would rather be here alone than here with him. And I I was like, wow. And they naturally fell away. And my interest just dissolved. And that was really a surprise for me. I had never really experienced that where interest just faded it when it wasn't right. And I had that happen with someone else. And we went on a date and I thought, eh, you know, we're, we're still okay. And cause I was, I, I did not go exclusive with anybody. And so I was just leaving it open to keep a dating funnel, which I think is very healthy and really making sure that this person earns it and is showing up for you in a consistent way. And really like, that's, that's what I want to do with a relationship. And so, and that's what, that's the the gift that is me that that's what I'll give it to. So I just waited, but I even had someone else, the, the, this other guy. And I was just so surprised when it naturally fell away the interest. And I was like, huh, I'm, I just am, this isn't what I want. And this isn't right for me and it isn't a fit. And it was really hard for me to tell him because he didn't understand. He was like, things are fine. But then he got mad at me and I just took the blame. I was like, that's fine. You know, it's all right. But someone said to me around that time, I I actually had met Justin, who's my partner now. And um, we are an exclusive relationship. And so I had met Justin and I was like, this man is way more aligned with the type of person that I'm looking for because I had started like a list of, of kind of the qualities that I was looking for and which is a good thing to do. I recommend, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but I, I, I wasn't sure he was the one, but I knew it was way more the direction I needed to go for a fulfilling relationship. And so I said that to somebody and she said, well, if you keep hanging on with this other guy, Mm. you're showing the universe you're not ready. And I was like, damn it. Fuck. And I was like, okay. So I, I did. And you know what? As soon as I made that phone call with him and let all the other ones fade away as they should, Justin showed up and I like that moment he texted and asked me to go out. And so I was like, wow, you know, this really does show up when you make yourself available to it. So I think people could ask themselves that question. What am I holding on to? That's not allowing space for something greater to come into my life. And we just have to trust. And that's where that self-trust comes in. Because then you go, what if that doesn't happen? Am I, can I be happy with myself? Get to a point where you're happy with yourself. And then, right. and then it comes, which is fucked up. But that's seriously the way everything works. And it's so annoying. <laughs> it is so annoying. And uh, and you're so right. I've experienced um, 
I, I actually just experienced this recently that there was another level that I had to level up to and I had to let go of some other things. And as soon as I did, boom. What was it? Goodness came in. Well, the the gentleman that I was, I had ended a relationship with last time I had I had seen you and been on your show, as soon as I cleared that out, like my man stepped in. Wow. That's right. You have to clear it out. And it's yeah. really hard to do. It's really, it's, and I don't know why it's so hard, but it just is. And, and plus I don't like to hurt people, you know, and if you think things are just rolling along, okay, you know, it's kind of hard to be like, this is fine. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times we don't listen to our intuition very often, you know, it'll pop up and one of one of my friends who I've had on the show, she's a matchmaker in New York. And she said that, you know, our intuition often will just come out like booming and it'll be like, this person is bad for you. And so we'll hear it sometimes and be like, oh, oh yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. And we'll start to rationalize it and make excuses and just ignore it. And then, you know, we we can we can get good about blocking it out. And you know, and there's usually something inside of us that's like nagging at us. Like this person is not right for you. You keep them, keep them around and they're blocking the, the, the way for the, or blocking room for the other person to come in. There was a book a long time ago that I read. It was calling in the one and they did this exercise that go to your closet and like your closet's full. Let's say, let's pretend your closet's full. Okay. And you want new clothes. They're like, well, you have to get rid of your old clothes. And then, you know, you pull out the old clothes and wow, now you have room. And they're like, you have to do the same thing with your love life. You have to, you have to look and say, okay, who are all these people that are, you know, in my, my time, my space, my energy, my heart, my mind. Okay. Well, you got to let them go to make room. So you do. And, and on the flip side of that, I would just like to encourage people. Yes. Listen to your intuition, but if you find yourself not listening to it, if you find yourself still not able to let go, just find some sort of gratitude space. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just find some sort of gratitude space that, hey, th- there's clearly a lesson here that I still need to learn. So, okay, I'll I'll keep progressing and trust that you're going to learn it in your own time, in the way you're supposed to learn it, you know? And, you know, the thing is you will keep getting that lesson until you learn it. That's for sure. And I did. I kept getting a lesson over and over, even when Justin came into my life. And that was that I lean forward, I fix, I have a codependent tendency. I've been with people who have substance abuse issues. And so, including him. And so I'm like, okay, there's something I really need to pay attention to. And I wasn't in the beginning of my relationship with him. And it all has changed now, at least to now, but I noticed it just the other day. We went to something like this party or whatever, but something triggered him and he just got kind of darker and we went to eat and he just, he like snapped at me a little bit and I don't know, he was just off. And I was sort of like, oh my God, you know, what do you, what do you need? Like, uh, I, I could feel myself like reaching forward to try to make it better. And I was like, it wasn't working. And I wasn't doing it a lot because I'm pretty 
tuned into that's my pattern now. And so I, all of a sudden I hit a moment where I was like, wait, this is how he's choosing to show up for me. I am not married to this person. I still have an option. Is this the person that I want? Someone who acts like this? I know he's just might just having a moment, but he's going to have to bridge that and show up in some way open and how like I'm I don't want to be reactive and I don't want to be leaning forward to try to fix it because it's his to fix it's not mine Mm. all of a sudden it all hit me at once and during dinner we're sitting there kind of we're like beside each other in a booth and I and I just went and I turned and he goes did you just me (laughs) and I go yeah, I did. I guess I did. It just kind of popped out. I looked, and that didn't help things. And uh, anyway, <laughs> which you can imagine. But anyway, we sat there long. I just shut. I didn't shut down, but I just sat and was still, and I just waited to see how he's going to show up. Because no matter how I am, that you have a choice. The other person has a choice. How are they going to show up in life? And I, one partner who actually shows up. And I'm not expecting perfection, but I am expecting some showing up. And some some things started to shift then. And I think he saw that I just sat there and wasn't going to do anything. And I literally just kind of sat there and I was like, and I wasn't going to try to be sweet and, you know, make things better, whatever. I just sat (laughs) and we got in the car because he had had forgotten something. The party had to go back and he was mad at himself about that. And I had, and I had actually said something that I probably shouldn't have about losing things or leaving things, you know, and I had apologized for that, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't making it right. And so as we're in the car, I just was sort of sitting there, just kind of staring out the window. And he started to say, I'm sorry, I snapped at you. I'm sorry. I, 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 you know what? I got a little triggered and, and I was immediately open-hearted and responsive in that. I wasn't closing my heart. I wasn't going to hold him you know, to some standard and be like, well, you should have blah, blah, you know, no, I just said, thank you. Thank you. I received that. And yeah. And, you know, I got it that you were triggered in that moment, but I didn't say, but I just said, I get it that you were triggered in that moment. And, and he was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I just got all up in my head or whatever he said. And I was like, yeah. And you know what? We went on to talk about it. And I, I said then too, I go, you know what, when I went, that was just me realizing that I have my own patterns where, you know, I'm trying to fix things and, you know, I tend toward that. And I just realized I had to sit back and see how you showed up and here you are. And he was like, I want to show up for you. And I'm like, thank you. And we had a really nice talk where I was open about the moment and he was open about what he was feeling. And we ended up having a nice evening and the whole next day together was really, really incredible. And we totally connected. And so it wasn't something that we hang on to. And I didn't want to be in that space where I'm still ah, closing up over that you know, or closing up over the way you're treated or feeling like that, you know, just sit back, be patient, see what they offer you. And if it's not for you, you're going to know pretty fast if you can, if you can just tune into that space and trust it. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. And one that needs to be told because you gave so many nuggets that people need to know in relationships because And it's so funny because I just had a similar conversation last night where my partner and I had a moment and I just said, my partner, my man. You did. You sure did. I was like, ooh, my partner. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we just had a little thing and we both were immediately like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We're like, we're apologizing to each other. And I'm like, look, I don't expect perfection. You know, you're human, I'm human. We're gonna screw up. And what's most important is our conflict resolution. And that is something that people need to be prepared for when they enter a relationship or for the people that are in a relationship right now, that 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 is part of it. You know, just like we, you know, we need romance, we need sex, we need communication, we need fun, we need, you know, blah, blah, blah. We also need healthy conflict resolution. And that's something that's not really talked about. And we need to be talking about it because we are human. There's going to be moments that we're going to get triggered. And I I want to speak to your little thing. <laughs> that was great because it. I think it broke up the monotony and it allowed you to process. Like that whole thing was, uh, it was processing, right? It was like, and it was, it was shifting. And I think it's, I think it's really cute. I think a part of me wanted him to know too. Like it was, I, I think if I'm being totally honest about it, there was a part of me that wanted him to know that um, I, I'm just stepping back and stepping out. So you do, you do you. And uh, let's see if you come back here. Give him the floor. Yeah. Give him the floor. It's like, okay, buddy. What you going to do? You got, you got yeah. from me. Yeah. And as women, I think that's really important in a, in a male female relationship. I think it's important to just step back and see, see what he's offering because there, you know, I think generally the masculine, you know, wants to fix things and can we just sit there and stay open in our heart? That's been one of the biggest lessons. And, you know, after two divorces too, a lot of people can close up their heart, you know, so maybe people are listening have, either had a really difficult breakup, which uh, that's pretty much everybody and, or a divorce, you know, and you, and you can really get down on yourself. Like even when he and I broke up a couple months ago because of substance issues and other things that had gone on, I had a moment where I was like, oh, I'm pushing 50, you know, maybe I just give up. And, you know, like you just sort of go, Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> you, you can just feel a little down on yourself and, and, you know, we just got to come back to that self-love and that, that, that we all get wounded and can we keep our heart open? And the more we can keep it open with ourselves and be radically honest with ourselves, the more we're going to be able to do it with someone else. I agree. And I think so many of us, our ego will lead in our relationships. And even if a relationship is mostly healthy and happy and good and everything, when there are those moments of tension or there's fights that come up, that ego just like comes up a blazing. It's like, you know, ready to fight in whatever capacity that means for each person. But yeah. the ego definitely will hop in and be like, you know, kind of want to take over. And I think what's so important for us to keep our hearts open, definitely. And then also keep your love for that person in the forefront. And, you know, it's like, okay, I love this person. First and foremost, hard stop. Okay, well, how can we take this situation? How can we work this situation and, you know, resolve it in a way that's respecting our partner, that's still loving our partner. And when we, it comes, when we're able to do that, we really tap into our personal and spiritual growth tools 
you know, that we can stop ourselves and be like, okay, I am fucking pissed right now. Or, you know, I'm hurt yeah. right now or whatever it is and go, okay, I feel like this. Right. Yeah. But you go, how do I want to show up? Mm-hmm. And uh, can you show up as the person you want to show up for you? You know, that, which is a, is a tough thing too, especially when oh. ego gets involved. And the other night we kind of snapped at each other. He was really tired and he had to leave and he kind of snapped or whatever. And the next day I, and I was really tired too. And so I sent him a text and I said, you know, hopefully we can really be careful about our tone that we use with each other, especially when we're tired. And I just tried to find a really nice way to say that wasn't putting blame on him. And I understood that he was tired and didn't want to leave. And I was tired too. And so I just didn't, I just didn't want to place blame. And I wanted to come from the heart and I wanted to put it in a more community communicative context. <laughs> and I so love that phrase. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I just made it up. And so so I did, you know, and you know what? He was real receptive to that. He was very much like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap. I was tired. And I was like, I know you were. No, you know, I, and I, you know what? I just didn't even be like, make it a big deal. I was just like, yeah, let's just, let's just pay attention to that. Cause that's important to me, you know? And, and when you let someone know, like tone of voice is really important to me. And so, you know, I'll note it on the fly too. I'll yeah. be like, mm, uh, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can step back a little bit and come from a nicer way of approaching it. And I even do that with my children too. You know, I'm like, let's watch our tone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I give them a mom tone for that. Right. But right. <laughs> well, and you have a great point of you need to show up for your partner as you want your partner to show up for you. And it's that golden rule, right? Oof. And it's so hard because when I know when we were first fighting and I've seen other people, my ex-husband thought this way, it's like, well, you did it. So I'm going to do it right back. Okay. So you want to do that? All right. We're going to do that. And and you're like, oh, you know, I'm having a moment here. You don't have to do it right back. That's ugly. It's ugly. And I, I have to really watch myself. I don't want to be like that. I do not want to be like that. So when somebody snaps at you, can you still show up as the person you want to show up as, or the person that you want to show up for you? And and it's hard because that's, that's what that entanglement and that drama can be. And it is scientifically proven in Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. Have you read that? I have not read it. It's it's a, it's a, a bit of a slog. It, there's a lot of science in there, but it's super fascinating because it is actual science that our brains become addicted to these chemicals that stress and drama Uh, create, you know, and we like it. And so there, we can get a charge out of that. And that's dangerous because then we become addicted to that and we want more of it. And without realizing, because we don't think we want more of that. No, I don't want drama, but actually you are still wanting that chemical and that surge. And how can you shift out of that? And that takes time and effort for sure. It does. And consciousness to know, mm-hmm. you know when you start to fall into that place of like, Ooh, I'm going to like, I'm going to enjoy gossiping or, you know, or picking a fight with someone or, you know, whatever it is, but any, neg- any negative energy space, really. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
It's tricky. I was just going to circle back to ego. And, you know, you mentioned it in a context of how we're showing up. And I just think that there's a lot of ways I've started to pay attention to ego and how I see it in the world and so much and, and in relationships and all that. And I, I, you know, when you're starting out with somebody, I think it's a good thing to just take note of how do they, how much are they coming from ego? Because there's a lot, if they're not following you back on Instagram, why, why mm-hmm. don't, don't rationalize that shit. Mm-mm. That's ego. Do they want to remain single? Like, wh- what is it? You know, and like, I, if, if that doesn't sit right with you, pay attention because you're with someone who is probably coming from ego in a real weird way. And, uh, and I don't know, I think that it's just important to stay aware of that. And, you know, men in particular are susceptible to ego. Women are too, though. I mean, who am I kidding? And so <laughs> how are we coming from ego? And, and again, how are you showing up? If you want someone to um, treat you well, even on social media, if you want them to uh, show up in an open-hearted way, are you doing it? So do it yourself and pay attention in a dating relationship. Are they showing up from ego or what? So, or from heart. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of ego in the dating world. You know, ah. everybody's trying to impress, right? So they can get love in return. They're trying. I thought you were going to say get laid, but yes. Yeah. Yes. And get laid. Yeah. <laughs> that and um, you know, protect their hearts. So, you know, that's when that gameplay comes in to, you know, try to keep space and keep control. Cause that's what, you know, the ego wants to do. And something Amy, that I talked about a couple episodes ago on this podcast is one of my mottos for this last year has been expanding in my capacity to love. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's helped me to break out of some egoic patterns has been okay, this is the way I've always done things. This is how I'm you know, predisposed to handle things. What if we could do things a little bit different? You know, like I've talked to bazillion and one times about love language and attachment styles and la 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 and like astrology and all this stuff. And it's fun and it's exciting and I love it and it's useful. And there comes a time that it's like, well, yeah, I might be a Virgo that's this way and, you know, this type of attachment style, but... Are you a Virgo? I'm a Virgo. Me too. Another reason why we love each other. <laughs> but, you know, we as soon as we see all these things, and it's like, great, and who the fuck cares? Like, go be a good person. Yeah, I don't... What, your, your love language is words of affirmation. So? Yeah. What? What? why don't you learn how to do acts of service or yeah. why don't you give a gift? Cause like, you know, give, you know, like try something new, try to love a little harder, try to love a little sweeter or a little different. And that's been, uh, I love that so much. Try to love a little harder. Yeah. Love a little harder. Try to love a little harder. Can yeah. you? And, and sometimes that means coming back to yourself and really loving yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, and and that's good, honoring your boundaries and honoring all that. But can you love a little harder? Can you not close up and worry about protecting that heart? You know, it's it's challenging, but it's so worth it mm-hmm. if you can really get open and know that you're going to be fine because you've got this in here. 
Yep. And I know that sounds like a cliche and it probably is, but many cliches are cliches because they're true. Exactly. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I have so a I think question that's really... for you. Okay. I want to talk this through with you because this is, this is something that I'm torn on myself and I go back. Okay. So let's talk about boundaries. Great. Because, okay, here's, here's, here's where I'm at. So I want to, I want to get your opinion on this. Okay. I understand the value of boundaries and we, we need them for a multitude of reasons. Okay. The other side of the, my boundary argument is that I feel like boundaries are almost a crutch for a lot of people to be able to say, Ooh, like I have this boundary, it's firm. And it's because they haven't worked on a part of themselves that's deficient. Um, I also feel like sometimes boundaries can be a barrier. Like in my, in my head, in my heart, boundaries and barriers are very similar in the regard that we're not expanding to love. We're not expanding on our ability to love each other more. And does that make sense? It does. It does. And, you know, I I always think when I'm too rigid on something, I'm going to learn a lesson. (laughs) I mean, you're going to learn every, every damn time, you know, and you're right. It's a, it's a weird fine line, I suppose, you know, between really standing strong in a boundary versus rigidity in this absolute, right? And saying, no, this is my boundary. This is who I am. And it's like, really? You know, because because uh. things things can move a little bit. And sometimes it just takes trying it to know that, okay, that doesn't work for me or that doesn't feel good. Right. For me, I, you know, have realized that a boundary for me is someone who doesn't show up. And, you know, that falls into more of a self-love space. Like I'm going to love myself so much that I'm going to be with a partner who consistently shows up for me. And a, a deal breaker boundary for that is, but I don't, I, I'm, is, is going to be someone who doesn't show up, you know? And so that's just that. And so I suppose that's a kind of a hard line boundary for me. I expect someone who's going to show up and because I show up, I show up. I'm a shower upper. And so it's almost like a, that's almost like the reverse of a boundary. It's like, you know, it's not like you can't do something. It's just like, this is, this is the type of person I am and the type of person that, that I want to cultivate a relationship with. And, and non-negotiable. it is a non-negotiable, like you've got to show up mm-hmm. and you know, you have to, you have to, um, if, if you're in a relationship together, then you're in it. Right. And so you want somebody who is actually invested in it and in it. And if not, you're going to walk away. And those are, I guess, deemed healthy boundaries, you know? So you have to really like just say, am I doing this out of a weird rigidity, closed heart kind of a space? Or am I doing because, because I've been broken, because, um, because he cheated, because this, whatever the fuck. No. Are, are you saying like, no, I love myself so much that I show up in a relationship and that's what I expect from a partner. And that's, 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 I don't know, I guess that's considered a boundary, you know? And so, yeah. so can you look at them as like my healthy boundaries? And it's, I get what you're saying. It's, it, it is challenging, but I think when we get too rigid in some things, you can be actually calling in 
a lesson because I really was like, when I made that list that I was referring to earlier, one of my fears was someone who chooses substances over me. And then I was like, I don't want that. I don't want somebody who's going to choose substances over me. Well, just by saying substances over me, choosing substances over me, the universe was like, wait, a sub someone who chooses substances <laughs> over you? Okay, here. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, now I've called that in on accident. So I had to go, okay, let me rephrase. And so on my list, I changed it to someone who shows up consistently Aww. for me, for himself. And then, and, and that is going to be someone, not someone who chooses substances, someone who chooses the relationship, someone who chooses himself, you know, and, and me. And so, uh, you know, get healthy in the way that you're phrasing them, because that was a really unhealthy phrasing and healthy in the way you're phrasing them and healthy in how you look at them related to your own self-love. And then I think that's a healthy boundary and you can say, okay, I'm not coming from a real rigid, closed heart place. Right. Well, I so appreciate you walking through the boundary. Um, Did the that help? That I was it so helps because it, it <laughs> see that there's there's a a spectrum with boundaries, and mm-hmm. you know, using your word rigid, there's can be rigid boundaries that are a signal for healing that needs to be done within ourselves, and then there are the the healthy side of the boundaries that's more of the non negotiables that are just like no, this is this is what I require. If you want to be in my life, this is it. Boom. So you just brought that to life. That the the boundary spectrum, I will now call it. (laughs) I like that. It's true. I mean, just like with anything, there's a lot of gray area, you know, and, and it takes doing it and experiencing it to, to get there and figure that out. And, and the older I get, the more I'm like, ah, there is like fluidity in it. There is gray area. It's not so hard this way or that way, you know, and that's actually just life. So your current relationship, Mm -hmm. tell me like, what makes this relationship so right with you? I still, you know, am, because we went through some substance issues and 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 him not showing up in a way that was working for me it took it took me coming back to myself and being like okay where can i step into my own patterns here and really understand them and see them in a healthy way and learn from them and so it took us building a whole new foundation and it takes both partners showing up to do that And for me, it looks different than for him because I already was showing up. And so now I have to just sit back like my moment. I have to sit back a little bit and just allow myself to be enough just as me. Mm. Not fixing, not paying for anything, not providing a home, not organizing his shit, not figuring out his schedule, not planning it. We're going to Vegas this weekend. I, I didn't plan a thing. I was like, I'm happy to go with you. And then he would ask me a question and I'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll go, you know, like I, I just literally did not plan a thing. I didn't lift a finger. Oh, I packed. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of self-worth in that for me. I have to go, I'm okay without being fixing the fixer. I'm okay. You know, I'm showing up for myself in that instance in a way where I'm like, I am enough to know that. I am worthy of someone showing up with me just as I am, just my soul, my love, my heart, my openness, my 
everything that I have to give that's just me mm-hmm. when all the other shit's stripped away. And so for him, he he has to show up in a different way. And so can I can I remain showing up in that? Not holding on to the old hurt, mm-hmm. not grudging it, you know, or holding on to a grudge or resentment. Mm-hmm. Can I let go of those things? And yeah, I can. It's a little bit of work sometimes. And and I'll have things come up where I go, oh, I'm still holding on to that just a little bit because we had to cancel a trip during that time. And and that I was really looking forward to it, but I had planned it and I had done it and I was invested in it. And so oh. I had to go, okay, well, I won't do that again. At least not right now. Not when we're in this phase in our relationship. Maybe someday if we get married or are you know, really, really serious and we don't live together right now anymore. And it's just, we've, we've had to create a new foundation where we just started over from scratch. And it's working much better than me leaning forward and trying to fix than me being like, oh, here, let me control this, you know? And that is a huge lesson for me. I'm enough just as I am. So I can wait and see how this person shows up. And boy, does that go against my inclination because I'm a mom. I'm good at fixing stuff. (laughs) I'm like, no, I want to, you know? And instead I have to go, no. You're just gonna just sit here. And so that is, again, it's that paradox. And that is what works. That is the space that you can live in because you know you're just, you are coming from the most pure space of, yeah, I'm good, just me. I'm good, just me. I don't have to pick up lunch. I don't Mm. have to make the plans. I don't have to try and fix you. Mm. I don't have to try and fix you. I trust you enough that you are going to do what you need to do. So let's see what that looks like. And and he's and somebody said this to me the other day. She said the higher you rise and expect, the more they're going to rise to meet you there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. Okay. Right? Like I'll, I'll keep going then. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> let's see what happens. And just like anything else, I always talk about everything's like a grand experiment. So can you just play with that? Can you just play with that and experiment with it and see what happens if you don't do anything like a moment where you don't do shit. You just show up for you and allow yourself to feel worthy exactly in this moment. You don't need to lose five pounds. You don't need to earn more money. You don't need to fix that. You don't need to plan that. You don't need to lean forward. Mm-hmm. Just sit there. Yeah. Be happy in this moment and love yourself. And then let's see what happens. And, you know, most likely, uh, at least what I'm discovering is that it feels really good. And it feels it, so good. Yeah. And, and a little further with that is, can you receive, especially women, can you receive because so many times we don't feel worthy to receive. And that's been a huge lesson for me in the last year in particular. And can we receive? I did an exercise with Christine Hassler and Stephanos, her husband. Um, They're excellent coaches. And Christine led this exercise. And uh, Stephanos, they both led it together. And you, we had to uh, line up the women and the men. And they've done this. I think they have this, an MP3 of this that you can do with your partner on Christine's website. So basically the women had to line up and you got paired up with a guy and he had to kneel at your feet and bow at your feet for a way extraordinarily long period of time. And they were just making you stand there 
And they were talking to him really about worshiping the feminine and really um, giving to her. And we had to just, we were just forced to receive. Yeah, I see you having a reaction. People were crying. People were falling up. Women, women, the women were falling apart because we have so many worth. It just pushed out these worthiness issues that we have. And Justin's done it to me. He's done it to me a couple times in public when we're out dancing or something because he was part of this exercise as well. So he, not with me, but with someone else. And he's bowed down at my feet and like, can you just stand there? Can you just receive it? It is challenging. I tell you what, but it's an excellent lesson in receiving and how so many times we want to go, no, come on, get up. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We're fine. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And it makes us uncomfortable. So how, you know, you know what I'm talking about. That's I what we do. do. Yeah. And so can we just say, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm worthy of receiving and not from an ego place. If we're going to talk about ego again, you know, but from a true God, it lives in me. God, goddess, universe, mm-hmm. divinity, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it, lives in me. So I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to just stand here and say, yep, I can receive this mm-hmm, and I'm worthy of it. Oh. And, and then you're not doing anything. And there you are in that space. So that is a beautiful <laughs> exercise. How powerful. I had someone in my life last year that anytime they would do something good for me and I would thank them, they'd say, you deserve it. And it became a regular thing. It was something that this person always said. And I, and at first I was like, oh, they're, they're not American. So I think it was a little lost in translation thing that mm-hmm. really was powerful. And so since then, I'm like, I started adding that to my repertoire. And when people are like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, well, you deserve it. Or if I hear that, oh, one of my friends just like signed this big contract the other day. And I'm like, honey, you deserve this. This is beautiful. And going back to my present day relationship, my partner is fucking phenomenal. And he treats me like a goddess. He calls me a goddess. And I feel that I deserve it. And let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think when someone says, thank you, and you say, you deserve it, do you think you're deflecting receiving their gratitude in that moment? Um, no, but I think a lot of people jump to say, thank you. Cause they're, they, I feel like it's a little bit of the opposite as far as yeah. no, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like you really fucking deserve this. Like yes. for you. Yeah, there's a lifting up to it, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and so I think as long as we're paying attention to ourselves in that moment too and not not receiving that thank you, you know, that, I love that moment of saying, you. you're welcome. And you know what? Yes, I, I, I receive your gratitude, you know? And, and that's a beautiful thing too. Somebody I know had just posted about the word deserve and he was sitting with the fact that I deserve it, right? He was. He said he's been saying that to himself, and he started to break it down as deserve. And he was wondering if the word itself perhaps needed to shift for him, like I am worthy of success or something like that. I'm big into words, so I'm kind of off on a tangent here. But I thought that that was interesting because um, deserve can almost push into entitlement a little bit. And so I think that it's just important to stay 
I just stay very cognizant of whatever words I use. And I know you do too. I do too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm very careful because like you were saying a few moments ago, when you were talking about your non-negotiable and what you were calling in, Mm -hmm. you you need to be very careful because words have power and they're, they're energy. And it's, it's how we communicate with spirit and universe, God. And yeah. And I, I, I'm going I'm to think on that deserve word. Maybe, maybe. Think about it. Yeah. And so let's circle back on that. One. I haven't, I haven't exactly figured out how to sit with that either, but I find it interesting to play with where can we shift a little bit and find something even next level. Like you were talking about, oh, there's a whole next level here. You know, like maybe, maybe too, we can step into even just, I think maybe even affirmation wise or whatever, I can get in ruts around it. You know, I can get in a little bit of like a pattern where it doesn't mean as much. So maybe you can find a new space where it brings new meaning and new life to that. Yes. I'm going to bust out the thesaurus and (laughs) what is another word for deserve? (laughs) That's a great idea. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, words have a lot of power. And I, I, like I said, I wanted, I, I shifted from uh, someone who chooses substances over me to someone who shows up consistently, you know, no matter what. And so that's been an interesting journey because I wanted to circle back to, I did start a list. Have I talked to you about this? No, please tell me about okay. this. So I started it when, around the time I started dating and even the people that I was dating, I was taking little things from them. Like, Ooh. oh, I like his, you know, ex, his sense of humor or whatever it is, or his hair, I don't know. And so, um, and so I had them kind of listed on the same, I use my notes app on my phone. And so the list continued to grow, like uh, someone who kisses me in public because there was a guy that didn't. And someone who, you know, isn't too cool to show that he's affectionate about me. Uh, someone who's funny, someone who's cool, someone who's, I, I got into physical characteristics. I got into everything. I just started a pretty comprehensive list that I worked on over time. And it, you know, I worked on it for like a year and a half. And, uh, and, but as I was working on it, I started to look at it and go, God dang, this dude sounds awesome. He is with someone really, really great. Holy shit. I don't think I'm her. <laughs> I was like, I really need to get my shit together. And so uh-huh. I started a new list right below it. And it said, and who am I? It was just called him. And then I said, and who am I? Mm-hmm. So if I want to feel like like I am in a place to be with someone that sound, that seems so friggin' evolved and incredible, then, and I mean, I got into communication styles, you know, psychedelics, whatever. <laughs> and so I started just making a new list of who I was to attract a partner like that. And so I worked to embody that list and I have it posted on my Instagram. If somebody wants, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe from April or May, I believe I posted it. And, and I posted the list that I made for myself. And so I just would say like, if you want to attract your ideal mate, what are you like? Like, what's the person that's attracting that badass person like? Are they somebody who is going to fight in an uncool way that, that is accusatory and blaming? Mm, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You picture that, that person with somebody who really is conscious and shows up in a really, in a really loving way. 
not not perfection, progress, not perfection. But anyway, I just wanted to give that tip to your listeners too, because it has served me really, really well. And I am not fully that list that I made for myself yet, but I am, again, progress, not perfection. I am making a conscious effort to be there. And, you know, someone did show up in my life that is more than the list. And that completely surprised the hell out of me. And so I was like, gosh, I don't know if he's it or not, but he's better than this list I made. And I even had things on the list like, should be a star of some sort, you know? And I was like, yeah, right. I didn't know he'd be an MMA star, but it, it, it was just, you, sky's the limit. Put whatever you want on there, go for it. And, but then really make a conscious effort who that person's with. And then even if you get in that relationship with them, say this person manifests in your life, don't lose sight of who you are. You know, continue to be that person, the one that puts into the work to be that badass. Like, you know, I still want to show up and, and be my best self. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. And so often in the dating world and people entering relationships, it's like, what can you do for me? You know, I have my list, you know, I need you to check all these boxes and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, me, 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 me. And I love that, that you say that because often I will tell my clients to do this exercise of asking yourself, what do you bring to the table? Yes. Well, I, I, you have to be careful too with what you bring to the table. I, I'm really glad you brought that phrase up because so many times in the past, and this is about that worthiness thing. So many times in the past, I've been like, I bring a lot to the table. You know, I, I had my own money. I uh, was working hard. I was doing stuff and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I bring a lot to the table. But all of a sudden when I was like, I've got to be worthy just as I am, I had to be like, okay, this is a table cleaned off. There is no table actually right now. There is no table. And I was like, no, I am, I am going to sit back in this relationship. I'm not bringing shit to the, uh, there is no table. And so let's just see what shows up for me and can I receive it and can I be okay? So that's a tricky, that is a tricky spot, right? Let's, let's just see what's on my list. Cause I think the differentiating phrase might be instead of what are you bringing to the table? How are you showing up in life? You know, are you showing up as your best self mm-hmm. rather than, yeah, I'm showing up. I, I, I've got a house. I, you know, fix this. I do this. I, I have money. I can pay, you know, wh- or whatever it is. And I, I am saying that from someone who has learned it the hard way, <laughs> because I have said so many times in my marriages too, that, that, you know, ended in divorce. I consider them not failures. I consider them successes. I have two beautiful children, one from each. And so I say, you know, I would, but I would say, I brought a lot to the table. And then people would be like, yeah, you did. And I was like, and now I'm like, "Mm, maybe that's a problem. So that's been an interesting thing to explore. And as I look at my list right now, like it is, you know, just things that, well, I have on here too. Like I allow him to treat me well. I allow someone to treat me well. I show emotion and vulnerability. I'm funny. I'm feminine. I receive. I support myself. I am wealthy in many ways. I'm abundant. I give. Are you giving? You know, I'm sexy. I'm confident. I have a gorgeous smile. I take care of my body. I look like a fucking rock star. I know my value and live by it, you know? And those aren't exactly bringing things to the table. Those are how you show up for you, how you really are. Yep. 
and those I was feeling really I was feeling really strong I'm feeling it I'm like are we at church right now I know preach what I I love it and those statements are so powerful and they're 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 I am statements. It's who you are and it's supporting who you are. Some of those statements. And I think that what do you bring to the table? I think, um, what, what you're saying is it has kind of a negative connotation. It's almost like a sales thing. You know, it's like nobody likes a salesperson and you're like, what do you bring to the table? It almost feels (laughs) like I'm, you know, I have to sell myself as opposed to, you know, it's a different energy. And it About felt transactional. It felt transactional. Transactional. Yeah. Isn't that a good word for it? And and good. and you nailed it. And it does. It felt transactional. And that's not what we want in a love relationship. It's not about transaction. I I walk my talk and you know, I talked about this on your show with my book. Like I I've done these exercises and some of them I continue to do daily. Some of them I pull out a few times a year. Well, this exercise of who am I? I did that about six weeks ago. I sat down and I'm like, not that what do I bring to the table, but like, who am I? Like who, what, you know, I'm going to find a new phrase, Amy. I'm going to report back. Okay. I sat down and I made a list of like, who am I? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I, I was sitting down writing all these beautiful traits and, and, who I am. And it was so gorgeous. And it was such a a moment of like, God damn, I'm a fucking catch. You are. What a gift you gave yourself. Yes. Beautiful. And I love you. It is hard to do. Good for you. Good for you. Well, thank you. And I, I think that we can throw that in our repertoire of you know, loving ourselves and the tools that we use. I'm curious, what do you do daily to take care of yourself, to lift yourself up and like be this amazing, vibrant goddess that you are? Oh, thank you. That's very kind. I I do the self-love work and I've been leaning more into mirror work, uh, which I um, am a big fan of now, which is just sitting with yourself for about five minutes. And sometimes I do it, if I'm pressed for time, I'll do it while I'm doing my makeup or something and, or my hair. And so, you know, you just look in the mirror and you tell yourself, I, I love you. I love you. I love myself. I love me. Life loves me. And just repeat it over and over. And, and mine will sometimes veer into a conversation, just like, you're a conversation. <laughs> I, uh, just like looking at yourself and really being like, yeah, you know what you are you're doing, you're, you're killing it. You know what? Keep showing up, you know, and just having a little pep talk, a mini pep talk, love session with yourself. And that helps me a lot. And aside from that too, I do meditate every day, which means for me getting really still and sitting, I have a hop practice. So I'll do hop and just get grounded and listen to, you know, sounds of trickling water and, Mm. and just try and clear my head and let, my thoughts just fall and not race too much. And, and this goes right back to the beginning of this episode when I said, you know, all these things I'm hearing, can I apply them to my life? Because so many times we know what to do. We just don't do it. Everybody says meditate. I can't meditate. I'm not, I don't have time or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's been eight minutes. 
five minutes, you know, and just uh, get in tune with yourself and quiet and sit and see what happens and what comes up. So I've also cut out a lot of negative content. I quit listening to politics. I really try to listen to things that help me like podcasts and, and books and things like that. And, and things that are leveling me up and, I sleep also. I would say prioritize your sleep. That is a very fundamental thing to do. And I I do. I prioritize my sleep because it makes it makes me able to handle life better. And so if you're neglecting your sleep, it's 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 a foundation of our happiness and our well-being and what we eat and everything is, stems out from that. So, you know, can you just show up for yourself in those little ways that are that can really affect you? So, those are some of my most basic practices. I do other things too, but but I think, you know, just pay attention to those little things. It doesn't take a ton of effort. It really doesn't. Yeah, like you said, bit. just a pep talk. And I love how you and I are cut from the same cloth because that's exactly what I do. I'm putting on makeup or just if anytime I'm in front of the mirror, just a little, little pep talk every day goes a long way. It does. And, and it helps you, you know, come back to yourself and, and reframe a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of things like the, the stuff with my relationship, you know, I ended up pretty quickly getting to a space of reframing it as what a gift because we couldn't go on the way we were. And I am really grateful because if this isn't it, that's okay. Let it fall away, you know, and, and it just, it just takes a little time to be able to reframe and training your mind to see things as a gift. And I am getting there. I am getting there. I'm not wholly there or I forget all the time, but Hey, you forget, you get to remember. And so, you know, you, you can come back to these, um, reframe opportunities and say, this is a gift. Oh, I hung on to this for too long. What a gift. Cause now I learned that and I know it even better and I'm going to remember more next time. And, you know, just, or, or, oh yeah, this red flag. Oh yeah. I ignored it. And now, oh, now it's so much clearer to me. What a gift. <laughs> oh, you are a gift. You are a gift Thank to the world. You. Listen, I could keep you here all day and we could talk, talk, talk. I want to be respectful of your time. Any like final thoughts that you'd like to to share with the audience? Oh, I, I find it interesting that you call it the game of love because it can feel like that, you know, like you're playing a transactional game, like there's a way to win. And there, there's no winners, really. I think that you just are on your journey of loving and learning, and that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it may not last forever, but you're going to have the experience they were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And so can we, can we just remember that? Can you just remember that, you know? And I would say, look back at how far you've come. Like you made that list that's so cool. You know, so many times we discount how much we've learned and how far we've come. And remember that you survived that breakup. <laughs> you survived it. You got through it. I got through that divorce. My second one, I was like, I know I'm going to survive. It's dark in a whole different way, but I know that ultimately I am going to be okay. And it's going to take me a while, but I will be. Even in the darkest times, I would forget it every now and then. But you can come back to it. You are going to be okay. 
no matter what life is throwing at you with dating or what lesson you're learning rather than, I don't believe in mistakes. You're not making mistakes. Like I'll see, I'm in a dating group on Facebook and like I've learned so much from it, but I'll see people like, what did I do wrong? And I'm like, don't know. You didn't do anything wrong. You're just learning. Right. If that person's right for you, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. So just relax. Take the gifts as they come and know that you, the, the real win in the game of love is learning and finding true peace and happiness, no matter what in your own self. Yes, ma'am. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. It was lovely spending time with you in the show notes is all your contact information. So people Wonderful. can follow you. Thank you. you. Touch with you. I would I would encourage people to listen to my episode with you because it is just what we were just talking about. You know, go check out the Amy Edwards show, check out the episode with you. And it is how to lean into that self-love. And it is so beautiful. And I would also, if you were going to check out another episode, I would say perhaps the one with Marina Perkle, who was the catalyst for us meeting a beautiful soul. And she is episode number 12. And she talked about uh, alchemizing grief. And so I think it's applicable to any breakup and anytime you're grieving a relationship, you know, how can we shift out of that and find those gifts within it quicker, you know, and get to a better place quicker, choose it sooner. And that's so crucial. So yeah, for sure, people go listen to those two episodes and rate and review. It matters a lot. And I just want to say to you, thank you for having me on. I am completely honored and I love to be able to share about this because I learn even just by sharing it. I go, oh, wow. And the things that you say, it's such a such a true gift to me. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. I love hearing that. I love having you here. I, I love that, like I said, you and I are cut from the same cloth and... Virgo power. Virgo power. <laughs> what day is your birthday? When is it? September 9th. Okay, I'm August 26. I'm close Ooh. to video, but mm-hmm. Ooh, you got a little more fire in you, I think. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and I I love that every time we interact, that there is a gift of of some insight and something to think about. And you know, even through our personal exchanges, I just love them. And I uh I just I just freaking adore you is what I, I do. do too. I do too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who listened. Just mm-hmm. honored to keep just putting it out there, you know, just keep, just keep showing up. Just keep showing You're here right now. You are showing up. Look, I have this on my computer right now. It says, how are you showing up? You probably, it's backwards, but it says, how are you showing up for yourself? You know, and it's just a little reminder all the time, like show up for you and you are. Thank you. Boom. And you are. You're showing up for yourself. You're showing up for everybody. You're showing up for me. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you guys for listening. It's lovely having you here. Go follow Amy. Get in touch with her. She's a beautiful soul. I love that you do live um, IG live meditations every Wednesday. I do. Mm -hmm. Almost every Wednesday. This week, it fluctuated to Thursday a bit. But yes, most of the time it's Wednesday mornings. I do. and But they're always up on my IGTV. And I just try to make it really easy and accessible for anyone to just learn to meditate and slow down and find that peace. Oh, thank you again. Yeah, I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and love each other. 